Damage looks like it's done already from the Fed chair this week as we see bonds getting torn apart. But we still do have a little lingering commentary from Jerome Powell today. Let's bring in Caleb Tucker, joining us, Director of Portfolio Strategy at Merit Wealth Advisors. Caleb, good morning. Good to have you here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. Bonds continue to be the problem child in this market. Rates exploding this week. Uh, what's the framework we're using? How long do you think this goes on for? It's, uh, it's a great question. And I think, you know, we've been watching the bond market very closely. A lot of our, our investors and our clients have been through this really painful kind of period for bonds so far this year. And of course, we're getting a little bit more of that uh, as of late. Um, our focus, though, is more of the, the longer term outlook for bonds, where I actually think there's there's so much more opportunity now than there has been. And, and I think for most investors, that's a positive. So it's been more of a story of short-term pain for you know, longer-term gain in, in the bond market. And so we, we are seeing that kind of play out for us with, with yields now, you know, the two-year yield now above 4%. You've got a lot more opportunity for return in the bond market. And I think going forward, as the economic picture is more uncertain, that actually is a, is a good thing for investors because I think there's more of a buffer area there if you're trying to buffer equity volatility with a bond portfolio. Mm. Now, uh, as we get to you know 4%, uh, at your point here, the different approach. Uh, thing is, a lot of people for the last uh, decade were uh, buying bonds almost like they bought stocks and uh, always had the yeah. Fed at their back and would buy and sell bonds for capital appreciation as opposed to the uh, rate return. Uh, do you expect that uh, now will shift and people will be prepared to hold treasuries to duration? I think so. I think we're starting to see a, a the beginning stages of a regime change in the bond market and in the equity market, honestly, I, I think when with to your point in fixed income, um, the we're getting back to what the real drivers of return are, and and I think should be for bonds, and that's that's income. That's where your return should come from, and that's where most of it has historically. But as you mentioned, you know, with the the Fed at your at your back, it, it gets a little bit easier to earn some price return on those bonds as well. But uh, and, and I think that again that filters into the equity markets. This regime change, I think, with higher yields than we've experienced over the last decade. I mean, if you look at the yield curve, the government yield curve uh, across the curve is at the top end of the 10-year range that we've seen. So it's not just on the shorter end, it's at the longer end of the curve as well. Now, looking at uh, how high this rate can go, if people are gonna start buying bonds for the long-term return, 4% uh, juicy enough level to get that going, or do we have to uh, keep uh, uh, pushing higher here before uh, we entice folks? I mean, um, where is that sweet spot uh, where uh, bonds might start getting bought again as that uh, long-term uh, buy and hold? Yeah, I, I think the the risk paradigm here is, is asymmetrical. So what I mean by that is, I mean, earlier on, you know, the when we started out down this path of hiking rates, we were at the zero bound and extremely low levels. And so there was clearly more room to move to the upside. Uh, on yields. Now we're at a point where while there may still be some upside movement, I, I don't think that's impossible. Uh, certainly the, the inflation dynamics will, will drive a lot of the Federal Reserve policy response that will, of course, uh, feed the bond market. But um, I do think that the, the risk profile is asymmetrical here, where the, the odds of rates moving significantly higher from here is, is clearly much less than it has been. And I think that is what's starting to make them look more attractive now. Uh, so it's not that you know we could still see some, some shorter term volatility there, 
But I still think we're at those points, the, the levels now even, where that, that risk reward payoff is starting to look a lot better. Mm. Now on the stock side, how does that uh, uh, change our approach there? If we mm -hmm. are buying bonds and we can count on them for a little bit of a, uh, an offset, you know, today we do see, it seems like bonds kind of responded to stocks getting slammed this morning, uh, but it's generally been short-lived. It's like stocks have to be down like three, four percent to put a bid into treasuries this year on these big down right. days. But if that does start to change, does it also then change what stocks uh, uh, you want to own? Because if uh, treasuries are going to work to hedge and defend, then can you get a little bit more ambitious on the stock side? I guess it depends on what you mean by ambitious, right? I, I think for us, when I mentioned the re regime change that I think we might be seeing now is, again, we go back over this last decade where we had the, the Fed you know, pushing inflating prices, pushing things forward, both on the bond market and in, in equities. And I think that dynamic is really just going to change. And, and it's not that rates will stay exceptionally high in this tightened kind of policy stance forever. But I think regardless of, of kind of what that terminal rate ends up being, we aren't likely to see this, this yo-yo effect going back down to zero rates anytime soon. And that, of course, was a huge boost to the most growth-oriented uh, you know, long-term, long-duration type of stocks the, in our markets over the last decade. And, I, and again, I think that dynamic is changing. And, and our expectation is, one, that the performance gap with a huge growth outperformance relative to value stocks over the next 10 years, that's extremely unlikely to persist. I don't know that it necessarily means that growth has to underperform, but I think that performance could be a lot more closer and, and, and honestly should be. I think that's what you expect more often over the long term. And we just hit this weird decade where, where again, rates were exceptionally low and it really drove a lot of these asset prices higher um, beyond probably what was realistic for in, in some pockets of the market. So as we move out from that regime uh, and enter this new one, where is the confidence that um, rates can snap back to uh, their old purpose? Because uh, looking at the chart, I mean, 3% held in uh, 2018, 3% on the 10-year held in uh, 2013. Uh, it had been a level that we tried to fight back on multiple times. So a technician might look at this and say the breakout says we're going to 5% rates. A technician might look at the dollar and say we're going back to tw uh, 2,000 highs for the dollar. Uh, what's the evidence you see? Is it in conversations with clients? Is it where does that buyer come from? Uh, and uh, what's the sign here? Is it relative to dividend or something? What's the case that this will be an area that uh, things can start to calm down around 4%? Well, I think if you do look at, at yields and, and relative yields for the bond market and, and the equity market, that is where, again, the, the bond market's starting to look relatively more attractive compared uh, to the, the yield on, on equities. Again, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't even a comparison uh, for several years. And, and now we're back at a point now where, where I think that uh, the yield in, in the fixed income market, if you're capturing four to five percent, especially if you go into some credit exposure, um, again, it starts to look a lot more attractive uh, than it has been. And, and so I think, again, that's that's part of the story here is the relative yield play and, and uh, between the bond market and the equity market. And again, I think the, where's the buy, where do the buyers come from? I think there are a lot of buyers out there that are hungry for an opportunity to actually earn some yield. And, and, and we've been pitching this to, to a lot of our clients. You know, again, even though it's been painful thus far, the, the outlook is significantly better. I think even for, for equities as well, if, you, if we go back a year ago, 
your your potential returns over the next over the next 12 months for bonds and equities in our view was was probably relatively muted but going forward from here from these levels for bonds you're you're capturing a, a better carry better yield uh, and the equity markets valuations at least domestically are down about average levels uh, which means over the long term you'd, you'd actually expect uh, you know to have some some more some stronger returns relative to you know valuations at exceptionally high levels so I think the longer term story really holds now, and I think that's what's starting to look more attractive. Again, short term volatility is going to remain. I don't see that changing anytime soon, but, yeah. but I think the long term story is really starting to improve. Uh, Caleb, uh, uh, to connect this in with what we've been thinking about this week and the DA plot from the Fed that has a very wide range in 2024, but uh, generally outlines a slowly, gradually, um, uh, declining uh, size of their rate hikes. Do you believe that that will be the baseline? What's your view on how we'll be able to live up to those expectations? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to remember about the dot plot is, is it is expectations. And I always say you know, expectations are always subject to change. Uh, but you're right, you know, we see a lot more dispersion in where the dots land as we look ahead, as we get out to 2024, 2025. Um, in, in our view, I, I think the, the Fed is, I, I don't think they're they're telling a story to us. I think it's it's true that there is a real strong desire to stay elevated for longer. Um, I, I think, it, it, if anything, you know, we could see the Fed funds rate stay at a level that's uh, relatively elevated, especially uh, if we can't get to get inflation back down below the Fed funds rate. So, so getting inflation, if we if the terminal rate's four and a half to five percent, and inflation can can come back down below that level, I think that'd be you know, that's kind of the first step. And I think that's actually uh, a potential outcome here. But I do expect rates to stay at these, the levels that we get to uh, towards the end of this year and early part of next year for the entire 2023 period uh, before we actually see any real significant momentum or, or reasons to, to start cutting. Um, but on that note too, I think the Federal Reserve has to be very careful here because they know their policy acts with a lag. And, and I think there, there has to be a willingness to give it time to, to have the right impacts and, and to not try to overdo it just because we haven't seen the impacts in this really short time frame. Okay, all right. Uh, Caleb, thanks for the commentary and thoughts here, a, a hopeful possibility that things could normalize uh, and the bond market here sometime soon. Appreciate it. All right. Caleb Tucker, Director of Portfolio Strategy at Merit Wealth Advisors.